Welcome back to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros and this is the Two Bros Podcast. I'm joined again by Big Brother. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me back. In this episode, we're going to talk about all of the Champions League results from match day two. And we're going to discuss game week number seven in the English Premier League. So, brother, right off the bat, some very interesting results in the Champions League. And happy days for United fans. Well... Happy days indeed. And to be honest, as a, as a neutral, I did not expect United to dominate Leipzig the way they did. Now, you're, you're a lifelong United fan and you happen to see this match. Take us through what really happened here and uh, how did Rashford and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer turn the screw on to Leipzig? Well, I'll tell you what, it was a tight game in the first half. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, pressing from both sides. United, to be honest, looked like they lacked the creativity in the final third. But they were getting a lot of good chances. But again, the only goal uh, came through uh, Mason Greenwood. And suddenly, a Paul, uh, you know, a Paul Pogba assist, which is always a welcome sight. Because, I mean, everything said and done, you want uh, your signings to deliver for the club. You want guys like Pogba to deliver. A great through ball and Mason uh, Greenwood. What a finish across uh, the goalkeeper. And the game changer, so to speak, came in uh, with the introduction of Rashford and uh, Bruno Fernandes towards the last about last 15-20 minutes. And uh, Rashford coming off the bench and scoring a hat-trick. I mean, these days, everything Rashford touches just turns to gold. And I'm, I'm so happy, uh, you know, the way, the, way game, the, the, the game turned around. And a very uh, interesting uh, event happened uh, where... United had a penalty at the 87th minute and uh, the the camera caught this. Rashford went and gave the ball to Anthony Martial so that he could get off the mark for the season and have some pressure come off him, even though he was on a hat-trick. And that's a great uh, moment of sportsmanship. It is indeed. And I I remember uh, a moment like this last season when Aubameyang gave away a penalty to Lacazette. So it's wonderful to see these strike partnerships develop all across. But I've had a look at the stats. And, you know, United, they gave away a little bit on the possession front, 47 to 53. But they had 15 shots to Leipzig's 9 and 8 on target. So there's clearly something United got right in this game. What do you think it was? I think, you know, uh, earlier in the, in the, in the, in a few episodes earlier, we had talked about the drive that the players, uh, you know, they lacked. Suddenly, you have players turning up. The guys like Fred put in such a shift. He was in the middle. He was instrumental in all those interceptions. Defensively, he did well. He got all those good passes. He latched on well with Pogba and Van de Beek. And when Bruno Fernandes came on, Fred even uh, got an assist for a goal. And if you ask any of the, uh, you know, United fans or United fan channels on YouTube or anything, anybody would have given Fred the man of the match despite Rashford getting his hat-trick. So Fred and, uh, you know, McTominay when he came on, even Matic when he was in that midfield, just that enforcement, these guys putting in the shift. And then again, guys like uh, Mason Greenwood, I think he just had that one chance to take a shot at goal and he, he took it really well. So it's guys turning up, their drive is back. They are taking their chances and they are scoring all those goals. So that's that's pretty much what's working in United's favor. Now the good thing here is, and it's a it's a great news for United fans. They've won against PSG. They've won against Leipzig. Now their next two games are against Istanbul Besiktas here. 
Now, if they win even one of them or draw one of them or whatever, they already are 10 points. And now suddenly the group of death becomes a group of death for PSG and Leipzig because then one of them is going to end up in the Europa League. And isn't that an upset already to begin with, you know? Certainly. And it looked, uh, looked for a long part of the night that uh, even Madrid would find them uh, themselves at the wrong end of the scoreline, but they clawed back to draw at Mönchengladbach. Now, Mönchengladbach will regret that because this was a home game and they had Madrid on the bat. Yeah. Now, it would have been poetic justice if Madrid would have uh, found themselves in the Europa League and drawn against Tottenham with Gareth Bale scoring the goal <laughs> that knocks him down. Yeah. I mean, stranger scripts have been written. But uh, Madrid did claw back to draw. Uh, apart from that, I think it was fairly straightforward sailing for the other club in Manchester and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other heavyweights as well. I mean, Chelsea put four past Krasnodar and uh, Barcelona put uh, two past uh, a week in Juventus. So really, I think all the heavyweights uh, came through relatively unscathed in this round. Even Atletico Madrid got back to winning ways. Uh, now, if we talk about the Europa League, I think it's been plain sailing for everyone except Tottenham. Yeah, And... Uh, Jose Mourinho do, doing what he does best, which is uh, leaving, hanging his players out to dry and saying uh, things that, frankly, no professional should hear. But, uh, I mean, do you think uh, Tottenham are uh, okay, uh, you know, uh, deprioritizing the Europa League as long as they continue to fly high in the Premier League? No, I think Mourinho isn't that manager. And let's say Tottenham don't have that pedigree yet that they can afford to take tournaments for granted. I mean, they don't have a lot of silverware in their in their cabinet. They will uh, compete for trophies in all uh, you know respects. And in fact, a manager like Jose Mourinho will not let uh, the opportunity to go to have a have a you know uh, championship under his belt. Even at United, with United's pedigree, he pushed forward for the Europa League, and in his second season, he did win it. So yeah, I think it's a minor setback. And yeah, but Jose Mourinho being Jose Mourinho, and he did this a lot at United as well. Whereas a manager like Solskjaer, I remember when United got humbled 6-1 by Spurs at Old Trafford, it was Solskjaer who took the blame. He took the responsibility on himself entirely. And that shows the kind of man he is, the character he is, and you know the, the commitment he has towards the club. And he he's a manager who would you know protect his players. Like, take Sir Alex, for instance. Like, he would really give them the hairdryer treatment in private. But in, in front of the media, he would really uh, shield their players against, uh, you know, the media frenzy, so to speak. So, yeah, Jose Mourinho, typical, but I think uh, Spurs are going to bounce back. Well, that's the old adage of leadership, isn't it? Uh, praise in public and criticize in private. Yeah. Uh, so, two managers who've taken that, you know, to heart, Mikel Arteta and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, they're crossing swords this weekend. And, of course, that means our annual... Yeah. Rivalry uh, <laughs> takes place at Old Trafford this Sunday. So, um, we are both relatively in a not-so-great but a could-be-bad situation in the Premier League where we've lost a couple of matches which we shouldn't have. I mean, Arsenal have lost a match at Leicester and United have drawn a couple of matches which they should have won. But uh, what do you make of uh, the Pan-United-Arsenal game this weekend? Let's hear it from you. So, I, I remember these matches used to have a lot of, uh, you know, gravitas earlier in the the early 2000s when, you know, United and Arsenal were in fact competing for trophies. 
I remember in it was uh, in those years that uh, there used to be a very nervous uh, atmosphere back at home because we knew that it's going to be a fight, uh, you know, going to break out at any point. But now it's kind of mellowed down. I mean, United have been trophyless. I mean, they haven't won the Premier League in I don't know what eight years now. It's been maybe twice as long for Arsenal fans. So the the rivalry has kind of died down. All the fiery players like uh, Vieira and Roy Keane have left. Van Nistelrooy has left. They've all retired now. The younger players don't probably care as much about uh, these things. And frankly, you know, you've you you find your clubs in in not a situation where you can kind of let's say uh, do do all these things. But I am I'll be first to admit that I'm I'm rather surprised and I'm I'm glad uh, with this turn of form. I think it's come at the right time. Facing PSG and Leipzig, and uh, you know, con- beating both of them convincingly in the Champions League. I think we've set ourselves, and getting a draw at Chelsea as well wasn't uh, that big a deal. wasn't Was probably a good result as well. But against against Arsenal, I think United find themselves gathering momentum, and things finally clicking. You know, players are turning up, the mood is changing at United, the goals are coming in, the clean sheets are coming in. I think it's all happening, and they've turned it around. I mean, I expressed my concerns about United for this particular period. I mean, mind you, we still have uh, Everton next game week, so we don't know what's going to happen there. So I'm I'm quite happy with the the turn of form, and it couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest. Now, looking at the two teams, Arsenal are with nine points out of a uh, possible eighteen. Uh, you can't blame them, really. Uh, you know, everyone, uh, like I said, uh, very few teams will go to the Etihad and to Anfield and uh, come away with anything. But the loss against Leicester at home, uh, of course, that hurt. But that one loss aside, I think they've gotten three victories and are at nine points. And uh, United are at seven points with five matches. So the team that loses this match essentially will find themselves doing a little bit of soul-searching and uh, being in the wrong half of the table. So maybe either manager would be happy with a draw, you know, at a major rival. Of course, Man United would expect to win because it's at Old Trafford. But, you know, without the fans being there, really, what's what's home and what's away? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Maybe a draw would be a good result for both, although a win would be spectacular. But I do suspect Arsenal go in as uh, the slight underdogs. Uh, because the way they are set up, you know, Thomas Partey hasn't yet settled in. There is a lack of creativity. And Man United do look dangerous coming forward. You know, Aubameyang and Lacazette are having a bit of a dry spell. And uh, Greenwood and Rashford are having a bit of a purple patch. So, uh, I do think United go in as favourites. I do think Arsenal will sit back. They will invite United on and then maybe try and break... I think the key man for Arsenal in this game is, once again, uh, Kieran Tierney and Bukayo Saka. Mm -hmm. They will look to build uh, an overlap on the left-hand side. But this is a game that uh, Thomas Partey should really announce his arrival. Uh, Going up against a midfielder, Fred and Matic, I expect him to take the fight to the United midfield. What do you think are going to be the key players and the key moments for United? I think it's going to have to be one uh, in the in the midfield. I mean, defensively, we know what our uh, problems have been. But I think defensively, if you're solid, the battles are going to happen in the midfield for uh, possession. And eventually, it's going to be guys like Bruno Fernandes or Paul Pogba who find the run of Marcus Rashford or Greenwood or, I don't know, Dan James if he plays. It's going to come down to that. If, if uh, United can uh, dominate the midfield and catch hold of the ball and find some really, you know, good passes... 
and uh, the form that Rashford and he right right now I mean Touchwood he is uh, converting everything. I think that's uh, pretty much where the battle lies. And if defensively we can uh, stay solid, I mean I've just heard the news that uh, Alex Telles has tested positive for the for COVID. Now he's going to be out for a while. I mean that's a sad thing. And uh, I would love to see Cavani maybe now start some games. He's he's shown uh, he's had two appearances already for United. I mean he's got some good touches. I would love to see him uh, start a game for United now and then uh, once he's up there then uh, we're a force to be reckoned with. It's early season still but do you think that uh, a victory uh, you know in a match like this would really cement the top four credentials of either side? I think it's going to be a long season. I mean like we've seen uh, like for instance we saw last season like Liverpool just uh, just ran away with it and they never looked back. This season, everyone's uh, faltered. Everybody has had a you know an upset. Liverpool, for instance, have dropped points. City have dropped points. United are off to a let's say a poor start. Arsenal too have lost points. Chelsea are not quite clicking. It's there is no clear uh, contender, and I think it's going to be a long season where there will be ups and downs, and you know results and upsets and injuries and etc. etc. I don't think it's it's too early to call number one. It's it's still uh, very early in the season. And a game like this, yes, it's important, but not in terms of the overall picture, not in terms of the table and how it will shape up. But it boosts the it boosts the morale of of a locker room that uh, you know is currently off to a poor start in the in the Premier League, and for a manager as well who is uh, relatively fresh. I mean, Solskjaer is a few seasons old now, so is Arteta, and these guys are relatively young. You know, for them to get a big win in a big match. Let's say if Arsenal go come and get a get all three points at Old Trafford, I'm sure Mikel Arteta is gonna be overjoyed by these things. And same goes for Solskjaer. Now these matches are relevant; they are significant in the grand scheme of things, but not in terms of how P teams finish in the end because it's still too early. I mean, if it's towards the end of the season, then of course you know that's how it is. But yeah, an an important match to uh, say the least. Well, Arsenal have not won at Old Trafford in ten years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, having said that, I would like to put you on the spot and ask you for a prediction. I think both teams will score. It's going to be a, a tight game. I think it's going to finish uh, 2-1 to United. Well, I agree with you. Uh, except that the scoreline is going to be 2-1 to the Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, some things never change. Some things do not. So, let's take a quick look at the other fixtures. Uh, I think uh, this is a tough game week to call for uh, fantasy Premier League managers. I mm. mean, you've got uh, fixtures that could go either way all over the board. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, talk about uh, Burnley, uh, Chelsea away at Burnley. I mean, that could go either way. Burnley do turn up and like we saw last game week, it is a tough place to visit. Liverpool, West Ham for instance. Now, West Ham again, uh, you know, they are quite capable of causing upsets and liverpool are kind of let's say they're not entirely confident of uh, you know the place they find themselves and uh, missing the reinforcement of van dijk you never know how that might turn out that's a very interesting fixture in my opinion and to add to that they've also lost fabinho to a knee injury so that's true uh, van dijk uh, I think even fabinho even thiago is and, out isn't it uh, thiago is out as well yeah thiago's out as well and so is uh, joe gomez or joel matip one of them yeah so essentially they only have uh, one senior center back yeah i mean uh, they'll have to do some uh, makeshift uh, defending and that leaves them vulnerable 
to you know concede some goals uh, by well, let's say Mikhail Antonio who did really well uh, last uh, he scored an incredible goal with his back towards the goal kind of like a half uh, sort of bicycle kick to get the lead for West Ham I mean even though they lost that game uh, or did they they drew that game against City they I drew think. that game. they drew that game yeah but uh, West Ham have been quite uh, quite potent in in the form of attack yeah although this is at Anfield I do fancy West Ham to get something uh, right, you know, purely down to the weaknesses that Liverpool have because of injury. And, you know, so uh, so is true for uh, City at Sheffield. Because, again, like Burnley, Sheffield United uh, do very well at home. They are a very uh, dogged unit. They don't let too many things pass them. Although you have to favour Man City slightly. Uh, but, again, this one's not going to be a riot. It's going to be a very tight game decided on one or two moments. Uh, so, really a very, very tough week. You know, uh, Chelsea, uh, uh, people who picked Werner, people who picked, uh, you know, Havertz, etc. Chelsea are away at Burnley. That's a tough place to get points. Wolves are playing Crystal Palace. So, either side may turn up. You know, a Jimenez or a Zaha may get you two points or may get you 20. So, it's it's really these uh, picks in between. Now, do you fancy Newcastle and Everton to be a certified game to pick up points? This is a game I wanted to talk to you about, in fact. Now, Everton uh, notably missing the likes of Richarlison and Dinia. And uh, St. James's Park is not an easy place to go and visit. Now, this will really be a test of Everton's uh, metal, you know, missing some key players. And it will talk about... The how how Everton adapt to missing, uh, you know, uh, having these uh, two main uh, starting 11, uh, two of the starting 11 players missing. How Ancelotti adapts to this change, how they modify their game plan. And uh, as far as I understand, James Rodriguez is still recovering from a knock. So he's not a full 100% physically. Uh, I mean, they do have uh, their uh, d- defensive midfielder, Alan, back in the team. And, uh, you know, we know what he can do. But still, you know. We saw last game week how Southampton convincingly kept the likes of Calvert-Lewin and James Rodriguez totally out of the game. Newcastle, I think, away at uh, Everton away at Newcastle, it's going to be a real test. And I'm quite keen on uh, seeing how Everton show up and how uh, they adapt to this, uh, this change. Well, I'm going to call it early and say that Everton are going to struggle again. Uh, you know, Richarlison... Uh, He's a big, big miss. Uh, this is a guy who's full of running. He has the aggressive temperament of taking the fight to the defenders. Yes, he gets guarded uh, more often than not, but uh, you need a guy like him to get stuck in. Now, much has been written about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but I think with Richarlison by his side, you know, a lot of the hard graft is done by Richarlison, leaving Calvert-Lewin, uh, you know, free to do his thing. And he struggled too. And on top of that, they have lost Luca Dinia. So, this squad has been weakened through and through. Yeah. And I'm going to call it, and I'm going to say this is a Newcastle win. Wow, okay. Bold prediction there. Now, let me just ask you a question. I mean, uh, when it comes to red cards... How, uh, you know, uh, is it is it down to the player or is it down to the manager, the game plan? Who Who is really responsible? I mean, think of teams who get, who used to get frequent red cards and immediately you think of Stoke City and, and Blackpool, you know. But that was their game plan. Now suddenly you see an Everton side who have been given two straight reds in two consecutive matches. Is it down to individual errors by the players or is it uh, a, a game plan that Ancelotti has, uh, you know, 
you know invoked well, how responsible are our players and managers in these things well uh, you know richarlison is a hot headed guy mm-hmm. and uh, we've seen him fly into tackles you know whenever he's been sort of uh, you know agitated whether he's been uh, rubbed the wrong way by an opponent's uh, player so richarlison was down to him i mean it was a feisty derby uh, to be honest a lot of players could have gotten their marching orders uh with dinia i think it's a loss of uh, concentration mm-hmm. i think what he's done there is uh, he's uh, gone in and uh, he's let his team down there so uh, individual errors really angelotti has not done too badly and it's not that dinia and richarlison are fringe players so that you know he got the selection wrong so both of these players have to look at themselves they're both seasoned internationals they're both seasoned professionals and uh, they've let their teams down crucially in fact richarlison if you remember everton had liverpool under the cosh and they had an interesting 5 or 6 minutes coming up in the last uh, sort of 5 6 minutes of the match but with richarlison's red card all of a sudden the pressure was released and uh, that was that they settled for the draw well, it remains to be seen uh, <clears throat> how everton perform uh missing these two key players mind you the premier league starts early again like last week on friday with the first with an early with the late kick off so to speak of uh, wolves versus crystal palace now uh, i mean I, i think we've covered all the major games now let's talk about uh, fantasy premier league what changes are you looking for in this uh, game week and who's your captain well this is a really tricky game week as i've said and uh, to be honest i'm going to be one of the late guys bringing in harry kane mm-hmm. uh, i had uh, if you remember i had uh, left him uh, out and avoided picking him because uh, tottenham were away at burnley and i didn't think he would get too much and uh, i think i feel kind of vindicated by it all he got was one assist although you know he's racking them up Uh, but i think uh, my faith in oli watkins was uh, not rewarded last week but i'm tempted to stick out stick it out with him i mean aston villa are home against southampton and southampton although they kept a clean sheet against everton they are not usually known for their clean sheets they had a 3-3 draw against chelsea uh, of course they kept a clean sheet against west brom who can't score against anybody um I'm I'm tempted to keep Oli Watkins simply because Villa are playing at home and they look to bounce back as well uh, from a humbling. Apart from that, my uh, cheap forward line of Jimenez, Bamford, and Watkins. I'm pretty happy with them. Okay. Uh, it is really hard to look past a Tottenham player for captaincy this week. They are at home and they're playing Brighton. So it has got to be Harry Kane or Son for me. Okay. But if uh, I bring in Harry Kane, then I'll have to sacrifice one of the three players and take a four-point hit. Do you still have any Arsenal players in your in your squad? Nope. I <laughs> had Aubameyang for the first game week, and mm-hmm. I think I was one of the first people to sell him because I realized that uh, you know there's going to be nobody feeding him in, and Dani Sabayas. I mean, there's a reason he's not playing at Madrid. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, Madrid don't loan out players that they think can, you know, make it in the first team. So Sabayos is no Fabregas. He's no Modric. He's a he's a utility uh, player. He's a he's a substitute attacking midfielder. He has his flashes, but until this Arsenal midfield starts gelling, until they start finding a plan B, right now the creative burden is being shouldered by Bukayo Saka. Mm-hmm. 
And that is telling. He's an 18-year-old. Yeah. So, uh, no Arsenal players for me. What about you? Are any United players making your squad? No, I, I had uh, Bruno Fernandes. And after that uh, 6-1 humbling uh, at, at Spurs, I thought it's going to take a while before United really turn up. And they haven't done much in the Premier League, to be honest. They drew against uh, Chelsea with, uh, you know, it was... Uh, they didn't really create a lot of chances, but uh, I th- I'm going to wait till United play Arsenal and they play uh, Everton. And after that, I'm going to sell somebody and get in maybe Rashford or Fernandez, whoever I can afford. The and uh, An approach that I've taken in the uh, fantasy Premier League this season is that I have not gone for very expensive uh, defensive assets. Like I have stayed away from uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Robertson maybe. The most expensive defender I had was uh, Castagna. And he got off to a great start. But for the last three game weeks, he got, I don't know, 2-2 two, two and a 0 or something. And now I, I looked at my team this morning and turns out he had a hamstring injury. So he's expected back uh, on the 21st of November. So I got rid of uh, Castagna and got a very effective uh, defender who is kind of having a good run. I got in uh, Westergaard from Southampton. His returns have been 6-6-7 six, six, and seven in the last three game weeks. And I hope he continues. Southampton are away at Aston Villa and I do hope uh, they maintain that clean sheet. Eventually, the plan is to uh, bring back uh, Bruno Fernandes in the in the top uh, playing 11. Yeah, I mean, with the uh, number of penalties United win because of their speedy forwards and uh, Fernandes being the designated penalty taker, you would expect him to, uh, you know, get the odd double-digit score every alternate game week or so. Uh, now, one game that we haven't talked about, and that's the last game for this week, is the Leeds-Leicester game. Mm-hmm. Now, which Leicester and which Leeds are going to show up? Hard to say. I mean, really hard to say. I mean, I, Leeds have uh, kind of turned a corner and, uh, you know, Patrick Bamford getting the goals for them. Leicester too, they are uh, capable of showing up with Jamie Vardy. Uh, I mean, always a threat, always a threat, Jamie Vardy. But uh, I, I suspect the rest of the team needs to kind of step up a bit because they can't keep relying on uh, one man to deliver the goods time and time again. So, yeah, this could go either way. And, you know, I'm, it's too tough to call at this moment, I would say. Well, Leicester really played well against Arsenal. They stuck to a game plan of absorbing everything Arsenal could throw at them and then waiting for the hour mark to throw on Vardy and he got the goal. Hmm. Uh a guy who's doing really well and who did well for them last week is uh, Kengis Under, mm-hmm. who is uh, on loan. And, you know, he's added a dimension, which I dare say was a hark back to how Mares and Vardy linked up. And, you know, this is a guy who can, who's got real quality. I mean, this is a guy who's been linked to the Premier League for a long time. And uh, him linking up with Vardy is, uh, you know, is ominous for the rest of the... Premier League. Now, as we speak, Leicester are all the way up to fourth, just one point shy of Everton. Yeah. I mean, what is there to prevent Leicester from making a tilt at the title? They seem to have all the raw ingredients. I think it's wide open. Even even Spurs, for instance, are within a shout of uh, the top. Uh, the top. Villa, for instance, I mean, they've gotten off to a great start. They've, they've, uh, they've got 12 points from uh, five games. And a few seasons ago, you would think uh, Villa would immediately think about, uh, you know, surviving relegation for another year. But look at them. I mean, they're off to a flyer. And uh, the likes of Man City and Man United still in the bottom half of the table. So, I mean, it's it's that's pretty much 2020 sums it summed up uh, in the form of a Premier League table for you, isn't it? It's just been that unpredictable. You just, and we still don't know how which way it's going to be because uh, the, the the prospects for a shift here and a shift there are just they're just endless. 
Well said there. So uh, to wrap it all up, uh, let's say a concluding pick for uh, the fantasy Premier League captain of the week. Who would you go with? Well, I'll come to that. But just uh, breaking news here. Uh, if you've just logged in, <laughs> uh, I just uh, opened up my fantasy Premier League app and turns out James Rodriguez is now has got a red caution mark against him and it says he's got a muscle injury and he's expected back on the 7th of November. Now, I don't know if Everton have uh, talked about their lineup on on Twitter or if they've given out a press release or something, but out of the blue, now James Rodriguez is marked as red. Will that convince you to, is he in your team and will that convince you to maybe get rid of him? Yes, he is a part of my team and now I'll have to look at it again. In fact, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, turns out even Seamus Coleman is missing for Everton. So they are without their fullbacks, they are without their uh, second striker, and now they are without their influential midfielder. So this one has got a Newcastle win written all over it. And I think this is one of the weeks where I'll have to use a free hit to sort of balance out my squad. Otherwise, I see this as a disaster. Yeah, I mean, Everton like really laid bare there. And to answer your uh, question earlier, I'm going, to, I'm going with Kane as my captain and uh, Son as my vice-captain. I mean, I think they're playing Brighton at home like we discussed. I expect goals there, at least from uh, Kane. Maybe even if he's not on the score sheet, he will definitely play, maybe get an assist or two. I mean, he's turned into a very good provider for the team. No, I think that's a safe pick for the week. And I'm going to take that advice. But I'm going to go with Son as captain and Kane as vice-captain. I don't think you can go uh, you know, very wrong with either. I think Mourinho is going to give them a hiding for losing away from home. And I think Spurs will show up. Brighton, I think they'll be put to the sword. All right. Some very good points there. Brother, I think that pretty much sums it up. And uh, good luck, but not that much for your match against United. And I hope you lose. (laughs) Well, I hope... uh... I hope we win. Uh, but more importantly, I hope Aubameyang breaks his duck in the Premier League. I think he's overdue a goal. Well, we'll see what happens. And uh, stay tuned for a Premier League review episode uh, at the end of the game week where we discuss all the action, all the goals, all the turning points of the match. So stay tuned for that episode, brother. Thank you so much for joining us and hope to see you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.